Hello and welcome to episode 72 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to inspire you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I'm once again joined by Jude Wharton, co-founder of Ready Steady Websites. Thank you for coming back to the show, Jude. Thank you for having me back again. (laughs) If you missed the last episode, listeners, Jude and I shared a rather meaty episode full of advice on creating websites, common mistakes that are easy to make and how to avoid them. So be sure to have a listen to that one if you missed it. And today, Jude, we're talking all about you and your business and your business journey. So I would love to start with what inspired you to start your business. So we started our business for a very practical family reason, because I work with my husband. My business partner is my husband. um, And I was pregnant with our first child. And we just sort of had a look at our life and just thought, we actually want to see this child once it's born, something is going to have to change. Because Chris was working for a sort of medium-sized agency as the studio manager. He was managing and working on projects for massive corporate companies. Lots of them were in London. So he'd be in London a lot of the time. We live in Hampshire. So there was a bit of a journey. Um, And there were times with some projects that he would not leave the office till midnight and he'd be going back in the office again, like before six o'clock in the morning. Um, And so he felt like he did not want to continue with that. So we made the decision that we would start our business, which at the time was Second Floor Designs Limited. That still is our business, but we sort of branched off into a different trading name. Um, And so he started out initially just doing some white labour work, some freelance work, some of it for the company he had worked for, but he was not now no longer having to liaise with directors and things like that. Um, and so but we always started it up jointly because even at that point we did wonder whether it was going to work for me to even go back to my job um, and decided that I couldn't again so I was in training and development I would be running training courses for really long days um, anywhere in the county I would be running residential training weekends you know it just it wasn't going to work and sort of some, one of my areas of responsibilities was around youth work and training and observing youth workers and they run these clubs until 10 o'clock at night you know it wasn't like a pattern of work that was going to be fitting in particularly well with having a small child so I didn't go back to work either um, and so I joined Chris in the business Um, and so that is how it started that is why we started it up so that we could just have that flexibility to have our working hours and actually be parents. I love the fact that flexibility always seems to be a theme that comes through with it. And do you find that it gave you that flexibility that you wanted? Definitely. So like to start off with, I worked part time um, so that I could have some full days a week with our little one. Um, We could do it that grandparents would do the childcare rather than having to put him for really long days in the nursery. You know, they were happy to do sort of more school length days of childcare for us, which is lovely for them as well. Um, Initially, it started off with the, with our mums doing it and then our dads retired and so they loved it as well so it was just yeah it did give us flexibility it meant that kind of like there was that sort of extended family feel as well I mean, we actually moved back to be near the grandparents when our little one was about six months old so that we would have that as well um, and by having the like having our own business you can move anywhere there wasn't any kind of constrictions around that as well so yeah it gave us yeah so much flexibility. 
I love that. And I'd love to um, ask a few more questions where it came to making the decision of not returning to work and choosing your business instead, because I feel like that is a fairly common way for women who are going through their first pregnancy and are looking at potentially not going back to their job and starting a business instead. But I feel like it's one of those conversations that's always I mean, it's not something that I've experienced, but it's something that I feel from having spoken to friends, it can be quite a difficult conversation to have because you don't want to upset anyone by saying, oh, I'm not planning on coming back, but hey, still give me my mat leave. So were you still employed and had that maternity leave? How did you, what kind of did that decision and that process look like for you if if you're happy to share? Yeah, so I went on maternity leave thinking that I would come back part time and thinking that I was still going to help Chris with the business. No, it was because we had set it up for both of us. We set it up as 50-50 directors. Um, so I thought, you know, I probably would go back part like uh, part time because, you know, I did, you know, I'd had a 10 year career. So I'd started as a youth worker. I'd then gone into youth work training. Then the youth service became part of children's services. And I'd become part of the professional development team for children's services. You know, and I was working my way up the ranks and I was being put through management programs as a future leader um, (laughs) of Hampshire County Council. Um, You know, and I thought, you know, I was on a career path and I was going, up and so I thought yeah I'm going to come back to this part-time but I will support Chris and I'll have those days with our son as well so I left fully thinking I was coming back part-time and then once you become a mum and once you have this baby in front of you I struggled like I had a year of postnatal depression and I know I loved him so much and I felt like I couldn't leave him but yet I wanted to because I really was not in a good headspace it was such a weird battle I was going through at the time and I went and had some chats about coming back to work. I was doing my keeping in touch days and it was on, I had the first one and I came back after that first one and I just thought they're still expecting me to do the, like getting in at 8.30 to Winchester and not leaving till 5.30. And I was like, those days are going to be long because you're not allowed to get park in Winchester. You don't get paid to park. So you have to do the park and ride and you know, they're long days. And I thought those days, I don't want to not be with him. I also thought I didn't know if I was strong enough mentally to do the job I'd done, to go and stand in a room in front of 100 people and deliver children's services induction training, deliver safeguarding training when I was just so emotional about being a mum and having to deliver the stuff you have to deliver for children's safeguarding training. And so I came back after that first day thinking I didn't know if I could do all of that and also feeling nothing had changed where I worked, but I had changed so much. Like I just couldn't see myself now going back to doing the same thing and so it was on the second keeping in touch day that I had a conversation just saying I just I don't think I can do this and also they wanted me to do three full days and I was hoping to do two and a half max and and so and I did feel bad because there were projects that they put on hold because they wanted me to lead them again when I came back and I was a bit like I felt like I was letting people down but I just knew I couldn't do the job as well. I knew my heart wouldn't be in it. Um, I didn't know if I could cope with it. And so, yeah, I just, I had to, after lots of conversations and tears at home, I just had to go in and be up front and just say, 
yeah, I'm not coming back. And they were amazing. And I felt like I got two leaving dudes because they did such an awesome leaving do when I went on maternity leave. And then they wanted to do another one, even though I'd not even been back <laughs> for me to actually leave. So they were so lovely about it. Um, but yeah, it was it was hard time, hard decisions to make, um, yeah, hard conversations to have, but absolutely the right decision. Now I look back on it like nearly 11 years later. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that because it's such... As an outsider and as someone who doesn't have children, it is one of those things that I've experienced many people going away when I was in the corporate world, going away on mat leave and then whether they choose to come back or not was always a bit of a question. And I've never really been a part of that thought process because it's not something that I've experienced. So it's really interesting to hear kind of your experience with it. So thank you for sharing that. And it's it's curious exactly what you said that I'm sure a lot of listeners who are in the same situation could relate to is that the company hadn't changed but you had and I think that I'd never really thought about it in that way before yeah and I I still really love having had that career like you know all my qualifications and everything are all around youth work and education and training and it felt weird leaving it because I was like, which well, not everything I've done is kind of focused around it, but amazing at the same time that I was going to start this new journey and learn all of this new stuff. Because when we started the business, the idea was that I was going to be using my budget management skills, my people management skills, my people like communication skills. I was going to manage the company. I was going to do the finances. I was going to liaise with new clients. So I was going to do all that side of things. But, you know, 11 years later, I've picked up an awful lot of web knowledge. You know, I learned HTML and CSS. We rarely, I rarely use it now because we use WordPress and things. But, you know, like I loved learning something new and having a completely second career. And it feels weird to me now that this career has been longer than the first one. So at times I still think, well, you know, I'm a youth worker. I'm not now. You know, it's a long time ago. But, um, but yeah, I just like this... I think life is meant to have like different sections and you don't have to stay doing the same thing. And I actually had someone who had been a manager in the youth service and then actually was one of my lecturers when I did my youth work qualification. He said to me that he felt you should always have some type of job change every three to five years. if you don't like you can be in the same organization and you change roles or if you're running a business you give yourself a new challenge like or perhaps take like go in a slightly different direction but he said every three to five years he thought it was really good for like your personal and your professional development to do something new and 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 I did 10 years in Hampshire County Council but I did do a few roles over those 10 years so I kind of did do that and And I think actually in our business, we do it as well. And it's not a conscious thing, but I've realised that naturally, every sort of probably three to five years, we've tried to take a new tack or we've added something new. And I think that's a, it's kind of a good thing to live by. And if you are one of those people who just does kind of go, right, I'm just doing this and going to stay doing this forever, actually, perhaps challenge yourself and try something new and you never know what might happen? I would love to know a little bit more around um, how it is working with your other half. So that's something that I'm really curious about because I hear, like I've had conversations with other people who've had business owners, uh, business partners. I've had conversations with people who work with their other halves. And in the corporate world, I actually worked with my other half for quite a while and we we got on really well when we were working, but I know it's not always the case. And I feel like, 
the corporate structure kind of acts as a bit of a crutch sometimes for people that are working together but when they go into business it can feel a bit fractious maybe so how have you found that journey of working with your partner as a business partner so now it's awesome but and it must be you know we've done it for 11 years now it must be doing something all right but to start off with it was hard and I think there were a number of things that made it hard. So we were working from home. So there was no divide between sort of home stuff and work stuff. Um, And so I think that sort of, we would, there'd be times when we probably should have been focusing on work and then something home related would come in, be evenings and we'd still be doing work related stuff. And there was no divide and it all got too much at times and so that would lead to little bits of niggly bickering and all that kind of thing also we were both used to being the boss essentially we both managed teams we both managed projects you know and so then coming together we had to for a while it kind of didn't work and we also hadn't really set like our our roles in the business enough So we got to a point where we decided we would rent an office in our local town centre. And that was like the starting point of when everything really clicked well. So we probably done about nine months to a year of kind of, oh, this is all, I'm not sure this is working. Like we like running the business, but there's all these problems. When we ran our own office, we were then out of the house there was an absolute like we're at work now so there was that divide that we needed we did start to become very clear about okay like this is the point when I'm liaising with the client and then this is the point where it gets handed over to you to do this that and the other and so we became very clear about our roles which helped we also started working with another web designer who came and shared the office with us so having that third person there meant that we couldn't be like oh you didn't know the dishwasher or anything like that with him around really had to be a professional space and so then we really settled into the pattern of how the business worked how we worked together um and then also like I think and this is completely on me because I was working part-time to start off with when our when well when we have both of our sons we have two sons now so when they were both younger I was working part-time when it came to me working full-time that felt easier as well because then I felt like I really was the 50% of the business that I should have been whereas I think I kind of felt a bit bad that I wasn't perhaps doing as much of the work even though Chris absolutely didn't feel that way I was probably working harder raising children you know that takes a lot of effort but um but yeah there was that sense and also I being the wife of someone who that you're working with, the outside perception a lot of the time was, oh, I was doing Chris's admin or I was helping Chris in his business. And even like within the last couple of years, we've had people say, Are you still working for Chris? Oh, I- no, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, so there was that as well, which when I wasn't feeling, you know, like I said, I had postnatal depression and, you know, when I wasn't feeling strong mentally, that would all really get to me. Now I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> and I'm more than happy to have the conversation about everything I do in the business and point out I'm not working for Chris. But yeah, so all of those things were hard to start with. But then when we got into the flow of it and then 
we got to the point where um, we were having a lot more meetings and actually had a third person working for us at one point. And so the guy we shared the office with went and got his own office. And so then quite a lot of the time it was back to the two of us again and it was fine. And then March last year, when lockdown happened, I'm higher risk, even though there was only two of us in the office, we were in a shared building. We didn't go to the office anymore because I was told shield so I shielded and then we made the decision to get rid of the office like we weren't in there we were paying this money for it and it was silly and so then we started working from home again and staying permanently at home today we're having a garden office built which I really hope cannot be heard over the mic at any point. I heard anything. Excellent. so we are going to have an office space again but it is going to be in our garden and um, so and it's fine now we just needed to settle into that working pattern that routine set those boundaries and now and also the business has changed and there are different focuses and my training background has come into the business now as well. And so it really feels absolutely 50-50 in everything we do. And yeah, it just works so well. I find that really interesting because I mean, it feels almost like I might be completely wrong. So please do feel free to challenge and correct me. But it feels like, bless him, Chris has just been like, I'm I'm 50% director. This is my business. This is what I'm doing. And you're like part time doing the admin thing, learning a whole new career side, getting used to being a mum. And then the two of you are having to find these boundaries as well. And, and I can't help but reflect back to what you were saying earlier, where it's like you felt like a different person. So trying to find your sense of self in a new career in a new way of working it must have been quite challenging but it's wonderful to hear you talk about it with such a such a broad smile on your face yeah and it is oh it's absolutely been challenging and there are just the business challenges as well you know like when we ran when we started second floor designs was very traditional web and branding agency you know we had client work we'd do the work the next client come along we do the work someone might come back for a bit extra but we had those peaks and troughs we had that feast and famine of the finances and and that pressure as well those months where we were like oh my word work's really slow you know like the summer when no one wants to do anything so they're all off on summer holidays and you're not getting new projects and you're going oh really hope in September someone wants a new website and like desperately trying to contact people going any white label work you know yeah all of that stuff going on alongside yeah mental health going mad and trying to bring up children and yeah it was tough it's so much easier now now the children are older now I'm much more of a stable person (laughs) postnatal depression the thing of the past um yeah it's just it's so worth it now looking back on everything I wouldn't change any of it because we've got to where we are now Awesome. And I'd love to talk about that a little bit more from a business perspective. So your business has, as you've just been saying, changed quite significantly. You've been in business for 11 years, was it? Yeah. And being a web agency, would you say you were an agency? Yeah, we put ourselves out there as sort of as a, a small web agency when we yeah, first. I think that it always feels like people would be like, I kind of assume what that would be like. As a creative, I can kind of make assumptions of what that would be like. But 
I know now that your business model is very different. So could you talk a little bit about the journey of how your business has progressed and changed over that time? Yeah. So when we started off, we weren't known. So it was a lot of white labour work of Chris picking up work from people that he'd previously worked with in his career. So we did a bit of freelance work for his previous web company, um, picked up some bits and pieces for other people that he'd met along the way and made contact with we're both really good at networking so I tend to network with other businesses that are not web businesses but he networks really well with the other web people in our area and so yeah they'd give him some work if they were getting over capacity and so that's how we started then we started to actually pick up our own clients you know we had our website we were starting to come up in the search results of web agencies Hampshire web design Hampshire and all that kind of thing and so then we started to tail off with the freelance work and it was all our clients doing web design and branding for them but like I said you know there are peaks and troughs in that you know if you've got a good project in you might get paid 50% up front but it might take a while to do and then the next payment doesn't come for a while and you've got all your outgoings and everything so we then wanted to find something that was going to bring us in a, a more consistent income and perhaps a more passive income because obviously the client work you're literally exchanging time for money yeah um so then we thought about doing wordpress themes and selling them on theme forest which is a marketplace for wordpress themes and plugins um and so we did our research and we were looking at the themes that sold well and the things that people liked so chris started designing themes and we did it in a way that i always acted as the client so i had to look at what i want what i thought would work and we'd have a look and i'd sort of brief him going right i think we should do a theme around this and so we would create these wordpress themes and we started doing really well on theme forest we became a theme forest elite author which means that you're selling quite a lot um, and that worked really nicely for a while. It was quite a passive income. Um, support is expected when people buy a theme, if they've got niggles and that kind of thing. But on the whole, the theme was there and they were just selling and the sales were coming in. And that was lovely because it was providing that, that, that passive income on the side as well as doing the client work. And so finances started getting much easier until every web developer who uses WordPress cottoned on to Theme Forest. So everyone was doing it. The market got saturated. It was harder to get yourself seen on there. And it was that you were having to churn out a theme like every couple of weeks to keep yourself on the front page of Theme Forest. And that's not passive anymore. That was, we couldn't maintain that as well as like doing the client work and the client work had picked up more as well. So we let the themes that were on there take over for a while. Um, and in the end, we passed that on to someone else to keep going and he used them for his own clients and things. But then we like felt that like we were onto something there. Like that's the kind of thing that we needed. Um, and also we found that we were kind of training people a lot in how to use WordPress. We were using WordPress for our client sites um, and we provide training as part of it. And also the people who are buying our themes quite often needed a bit of handholding and how to use WordPress as well. So we thought, let's try putting some WordPress courses out there. We can do the same thing. We can put them out there and they can just be selling and that will be our passive income. Apart from the fact that no one wants to buy WordPress courses because you can go to WordPress 101 and various other places and get it all for free. But even though that was a complete flop and we spent a lot of time doing it, the combination of the WordPress themes and the idea of the courses 
is what kind of all came together to create Ready Steady websites. Um, and so Ready Steady websites is an off-the-shelf website and membership site template service, which you is a is a membership in itself. So people join Ready Steady websites, they can choose the template that they want to use. If they're on our pro plan, they can actually mix mix and match the templates. And alongside it, they get our training tutorials on how to use the templates, how to use WordPress and how to put all their content and images and everything into their website so that they're getting an agency quality design of website. But and they know how to truly be in control of it and how they're to really understand it so that they can maintain it themselves um, using all of our tutorials. And WordPress is the thing that has really meant that, you know, we have got that recurring income now. It's not passive because we still set up the sites for people and we offer support, but it's semi-passive compared to doing that client work and having to do everything for them. And, you know, people are joining all the time. And, you know, once they get to the second year, they're paying monthly for their hosting and the support and everything. And so that whole, like, Everything has fitted together on our business journey and got us to where we are now. And second floor is still a thing. And we will still do work for our long-term existing clients. We will occasionally take on branding projects for people that we think, oh, that'd be a really good one. Like, I really want to work with them. Well, that's a really exciting brand. That's fantastic. But on the whole, our focus is on Ready Steady websites because it is the thing that just works for us, gives us that more freedom, um, gives us that flexibility. Chris can just go do you know what I'd really love to design a template for this niche and he can go and do it and so it's not just flexibility in being able to pick the children up from school and go to their assemblies when we're doing that again and all that kind of thing it's actually a flexibility in what we want to do in our business having that choice doing the things that Chris finds is exciting you know and I love the fact that the training side of things is properly back in there again as well and we run challenges and we have done some other like website planning courses alongside it and so We've just got to the point I feel like we should be at now. Like it is the thing that just works for both of us. I love the the way that you've kind of talked us through the entire business journey and your experience and how your career and, and sides have developed. And you can see that reflected in the business model that you have now and how much that does work for you. So yeah, it's really cool to see. And this is a perfect example of how you can start out in a way, in a format, so as a website agency, for example, that tends to have a typical, in air quotes, structure to it. But that doesn't mean that you can't find success by finding your own way. And you've done something where you've taken bits and pieces, you've taken on board the industry, trends and influences, but also your personal drivers and strengths and preferences and everything else and built all of that together to really make this unique business format I just yeah I love it I love hearing how it all comes together yeah and it's just and like you said we have taken into account the needs of like our ideal clients and the entrepreneurs and our strengths and what we want from life and yeah it has just really has just all come together yeah wonderful so I love talking a little bit about branding a little bit (laughs) mild understatement I love talking about branding when it comes to businesses as well and I'm always curious around business names I know that it's something that trips up a lot of young business owners whether people who are in the early stages of business where they're not quite sure what to call themselves, how to brand themselves, everything else. So can we just talk through kind of the story behind the two names that you've got? So you've, you had, we are second floor 
I'd love to know where that came from, given the fact you started working at home. And then <laughs> maybe we can talk about Ready Steady websites as well. So the second floor name came from that we had a townhouse. So Chris was working in a bedroom up on the second floor. So we literally were like, we ummed and ahed over names. And so I just said, well, it's second floor designs. Like, let's go with that. Which, as clever as we thought that was, wasn't. Because apparently people think you're an architect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, especially as then when we got our office, we were in a building that also had an architect in it. We got so many brochures for steels to go in buildings and flooring. <laughs> but, yeah, so second floor designs came from the fact that we were on the second. Chris, Chris started working in the bedroom on the second floor. And so, yeah, it's that, it's that new business thing. It's hard to come up with names and you don't think about the consequences of the names until perhaps too late. So that's where that came from. Um, and so all our branding was kind of around the second floor in that um, Chris created steps, but out of a W to sort of show that we did websites. So we had these like steps and second floor design. And, um, and then we changed our web address to We Are Second Floor because... For a while, that was the done thing. Like everyone was, we are whatever in the web industry. Like there's a company in Winchester called Marmalade on Toast, and I'm pretty sure they were, we are Marmalade on Toast and everything like that. We were all, we are whoever. Um, so yeah, that's why that became the um, the web name. Um, and then when we came to doing Ready Steady websites, we wanted, it was very much, you no, know, Ready Steady websites is, a registered trademark is a trading name of second floor. It's not a separate business. It's still part of second floor. And so Chris took the steps that had been our logo for second floor and did turn it. So it is the W that is the logo mark for Ready Steady websites. If you turn the W, it is the steps for second floor. Not anyone's going to know that or clock that when they look at it. But for us, it's a con- we feel like we've continued our brand. We've continued the story. And it is all interlinked. And after having created the name Second Floor, which did not tell anyone what we did and made people confused about what we did, Ready Steady Websites was literally, it does what it says on the tin. The templates are ready for you to use. They are steady in that they are designed and built to you know all web standards, designed by a true professional web designer and developer. And their website. So there you are, Ready Steady Websites. We went, Away from the obscure and made it very simple for people. Really, that's awesome. I love the fact that it, yeah, it's kind of they're both the opposites of each other. Like the first one was we're trendy, we're cool, we're hip. This is nice and obscure. People will remember it. And the next one is like, let's just Ron seal this. (laughs) Exactly what it says. (laughs) Absolutely. Perfect. So when it comes to the branding, so usually I ask at what stage people invested in branding, but obviously this is slightly different for you guys because it's something that you had the skill set to be able to do as at least 50% of the directorship. When it came to creating the branding, I'd love to, I know that Chris is, was Chris the one that created it rather than yourself? Yeah. Yeah. But how much involvement was there as the two of you working together when you were defining things like did you go through a full brand strategy process or was it one of those that because I know when this is something that you do all the time there's always that temptation of just kind of you inherently know 
certain aspects of your brand strategy so you don't tend to necessarily go through the exact steps that you would with clients well yeah so but from the point of view of creating the visuals Chris does like to go through like a whole process so he's very much a sketcher out he does actually do some quite nice sketchy illustrations as well that he doesn't practice them as much as I know he'd like to um, but like he'll have a sketchbook so he will sketch out all the ideas and play around then he'll leave it for a while then he will come back to it and so you know I was involved from the visual point of you because you know I would like you know would be chatting about the colors and things like that and but he very much led it because you know at that point I was some trainer from Hampshire County Council who was good at managing things you know I wasn't I didn't know I kind of very much let him take the lead with the second floor one and he had an idea you know he looked at what else was sort of around in the industry at the moment kind of wanting to fit in but also like have our mark like he went very dark with the colours to really sort of make us stand out. Like we've got a very dark grey and a very bright orange. There are, there are colours. And when we first started, like our website was very dark. And then people wanted to see lighter things and brighter things. And so it has evolved over time. And our logos evolved over time. It was much blockier. And now it's, it's very much just the line of the steps. Um, so it has gone through a lot of iterations. And for Chris, with branding and web design, he is absolutely like iteration is key. Like it does not have to stay like that you know as long as you have got a clear feel for your brand an idea of your brand and who you're appealing to with your brand it can evolve over time and you will need to make tweaks and changes and as you grow up perhaps your clients are changing a bit and you need to and like I said you know we started off white label then we went to agency and so even in that point Chris felt the website needed a different focus and the brand needed to be sort of slightly reflective of that and so you know wanted to make it a bit more like professional and so yeah I mean it did, did change but he very much led the second floor one because he really was the one who got it and knew what he was doing you know he had worked on projects for like massive names like Coops Bank and Ikea and RAC and many of the banks and car people um I don't really know why they focused on them but that is who they attracted in that business and so he was so good at understanding the importance of sticking to brand and like being consistent with brand then when it came to doing the ready steady website side of things you know I'd been in the industry now for sort of ready steady website's been around for two years so so I've been around for nine years doing this kind of thing we worked on that much more and we were aiming it at a different client group you know our ideal clients primarily are female entrepreneurs and small business owners we do have some men who are members of ready steady websites but the people that we have in mind when we're creating like our templates and things tend to be women the designs of all the templates apart from perhaps the speaker template and the fitness template are very feminine they're very soft um, and so we wanted to be a bit softer with ready steady websites and so I did get involved a bit more then I think I was the one who probably led the sort of tealy green that we use because going from bright orange and dark grey I was a bit more like you know we need to lift this brighten this a bit but it was him who just absolutely went we're turning around the steps and that's going to be the W like he really loves a good strong logo mark and so yeah it was that one was much more of a collaboration and yeah making it brighter and so it was was very separate to second floor but we still knew there was that little link there it's interesting as well that you mentioned that the obviously the visuals had to develop for the two different businesses differently because you started targeting a different audience as well so when it comes from like a strategic approach did you sit down and go through right this website side or this ready steady website side 
we absolutely want this to be for a different audience? Was it just that you saw the business was developing in a way and you kind of wanted to niche down? How did that kind of decision come about? It was natural. So although we had been like very much like working with small businesses, um, startups and things like that, the second floor, when we got to the let's try doing courses, Chris and I started to go into more sort of entrepreneurial groups that were talking about passive income and um, recurring income um, and started sort of networking in groups like that. And Chris also went to an event and he saw Shah Wasman speak at the event. And she at the time was very much about getting your online course out there, how you can make recurring income from courses. And he watched her speak and then we joined her group on Facebook. And then Chris just sort of was really good in that group and just became known in this group as the guy who can do WordPress. <laughs> like he is the websites guy. And so Shah and Matt, her business partner at the time, picked up on Chris and got to know Chris. And Chris actually became their go-to web guy and they were sending lots of people to him who were all female entrepreneurs and we were doing their branding and their websites and Chris kept basically creating a very similar website over and over again for these women that were being sent our way well like, they don't need a bespoke website they like we can template this and actually we kind of felt a lot of them were really pushing themselves budget-wise to get it bespoke. We were like, Do you know what? These people need the mid-range. They don't want a Wix website because they don't want to have to figure it all out themselves, but they don't need or really have the budget for bespoke. And so that's when Ready Steady website started to come about that. You know, we can combine, like this courses thing isn't working, but we can combine this with the template kind of idea. And that's, so it was a really natural thing that the need was there by coincidence of Chris being really good at giving advice in one particular Facebook group, we were getting people coming to us naturally. And then so it happened that the female entrepreneurs seemed to be the ones that we needed to aim this at. And then through that group as well, one of the people who we actually did the branding and the website for was a speaker agent. And she had a lot of male speakers on her books. So we do have male members of Red Steady websites because they've come through her um, and that's why we created a speaker template that sort of got a more masculine feel so yeah but it was um it was really natural and just Chris being awesome and the right people coming to us really oh that's really cool it's really cool to hear how it just kind of naturally developed and you just embraced embraced that and took it on board and was there ever a point where the two of you had do you remember having a pivotal conversation where it's like right okay so this is what seems to be happening let's do this yep absolutely yeah I do we did absolutely just go these could be done as templates like this could be like you know a bit more high-end than the theme forest wordpress templates a bit more high-end than the wixes and the square spaces because that's what these people want we can do all the training videos so they don't feel all lost and everything as part of it. And then I think that's when we sort of went and it could be a membership. Like they can get access to our membership site. We could give people the opportunity to pay monthly in the first year or pay up front for the template and everything in the first year. Give them that choice. And so it becomes even more affordable for them if they're starting out as a small business or an entrepreneur. But equally, they actually have hands-on support and really, really are controlled. Because we also found as well that these women that were being referred to us 
they wanted to really understand their website so that they really could quickly, you know, entrepreneurs have these ideas. They create this product and go, right, I want to get out there with the sales page now. They need to know how to create that sales page themselves. They don't want to wait for someone else to do it. They also don't want to sit there with no guidance, trying to work it all out themselves and it take them forever and they get frustrated and in the end they give up. So we just, yeah, it all just came together. But yeah, I do remember Chris going to me, we could template this. Like this sort of moment of, yeah, this this could be our recurring income. <laughs> like, I think we've got this. I love the fact that I'm a huge advocate that I think niches is a, it's another conversation where I feel like there's the same approach that keeps being touted because it's the approach that everyone says, which is you have to have a niche. You have to define your niche. You have to discover your niche. But generally speaking, I kind of feel like your niche will make itself known absolutely like through your actions through what you're attracting through the work that you're choosing to pick up because you're enjoying it your niche will just your niche will just one day rock up and go hey guys I'm here I think what I think the approach that I think it's good to take is to have an idea of who you think your niche is so that you aren't trying to like market yourself everywhere and appeal to everyone because that would be so difficult but have an idea but then be prepared over time to realize actually this isn't working for me and I would like prefer to work in that direction or I'm naturally attracting these people so perhaps this is my niche and go with it and be like like I said Chris thinks that iteration is key with your brand and your website but actually it's all areas of business you can't just keep trying to plug away at the same thing that's not working or you're not enjoying it yeah you do need to just kind of flow and go with it and yeah just go with what seems to be working right no I think that that's that's really helpful I think that that's really insightful um because yeah there's a lot of noise there's always a lot of noise isn't it around everything but niches is one that seems to get picked on quite quite frequently yeah. and so when it comes to marketing your business as your business has progressed because obviously over 11 years and being in such a fast-paced environment you've talked around networking and how important that was as part of your business how working with previous contacts that you had elsewhere is obviously something that helped you grow in the early days and also uh Chris being the superstar and a Facebook group but the question that I love to ask is there are so many different channels and ways that you can market your business what do you find is either your most effective or your favorite for marketing they definitely don't go hand in hand so (laughs) (laughs) our most effective is Facebook and we were reticent to use it at the start we sort of because you know we have been in business for 11 years I mean 11 years ago I don't think there were many people on Facebook doing businessy stuff you know it's where you put your photos from your Saturday night out um, and your photos of how cute your baby is like that was what Facebook was Um, and so as we saw more and more people like using Facebook for marketing their business, we were like, oh, we're not going to do that. No, we've coped fine with word of mouth and this, that and the other. And, you know, using places like Theme Forest that are, are there to sell, you know, that's where you should do it on a marketplace. But actually, you know, seeing like how other people were doing it, getting involved in Facebook groups and everything, it was very, very apparent that people who wanted what we did were in these groups and so we still don't use our personal feed for business very often at all occasionally you know we've picked up more business friends so occasionally we'll put relevant things on there 
But, you know, the most effective thing for us is being in networking groups or business focus groups on Facebook and just being in there and being good at talking to people and getting to know people. We've naturally picked up so much work that way. Um, we do use our Facebook page um, to do Facebook lives and things like that. And that does work. You know, we've, we've seen times recently where we've seen someone on a Facebook live making comments and then they've been on our email list within the next hour. You know, it does work for for us we ourselves don't run a group if it doesn't have a focus we tried it and it just didn't work for us but we do run free challenges and we give people the option they can just get it all via email and just take away nicely themselves going through the workbooks and things or we'll run a Facebook group that supports the challenge and that works well for us as well if the Facebook group has a focus and it's got a, it's a shorter shelf life you know after a month after the challenge is finished we'll archive the group the stuff's all in there still for people to see there's no more conversation in that group you know that works really well for us so and and challenges combined with facebook you know at the end of every challenge we'll do some kind of launchy sale thing um it's what people expect um and it always works we'll always bring in new members so yeah facebook is our biggest thing but not but networking is key and all the networking feels like it's kind of been done through facebook at the moment so in Facebook groups and then they run Zoom networking events kind of off the back of the group but when I was networking in person when we could you know that was fantastic too I didn't didn't go to a networking event that I didn't have someone coming up to me either asking me to collaborate or asking for details of what we do because they were interested in using us for their website yeah because we met at networking didn't we we met at a networking event a couple of years ago exactly <laughs> so um, it works <laughs> and like so yeah I mean and like I said in the early days Chris got work from the networking because he'd go and meet the other web guys in the area and I say guys because at the time they were all guys um and they pass work on to him you know and so yeah networking is so key but yeah Facebook is our, our biggest marketing tool that and actually like collaboration so actually you know when we have a challenge coming up or you know we've got a new course that we're putting out there we have some key people who we know that their audience is so close to our audience that when they put something out there saying we're doing it like one day we had she's one of our members as well but we've known her for a little while she put out a thing into her facebook group and on email saying we were running a challenge and i was like we've had 60 people sign up to our email list today, Chris, for this challenge. Like, what has happened? And then we were like, you know, you're doing that thing, like, what? And then Gwen's going, I mentioned your challenge. And we're like, oh. So if you can find people like that where your audiences overlap so well that they tell them about something and a load of their people come and be your people too, that is fantastic for marketing. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like collaboration is almost the natural progression of networking if you don't turn into that client relationship. Yeah. But there's always the option of collaboration. And, yeah, I think that that's fantastic. And it links back to a lot of what we were saying in the last episode as well, where it's like collaborations for backlinks to your website. It just, it's beneficial all around. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing with everything that you've shared today, Jude. So I always like to end these episodes with one last question, which is from everything that you've experienced in your business journey, what would be the one key piece of advice that you could give to listeners who maybe are at the early or kind of the, the yeah, the early stages of their business journey? So 
I've got two because I can never pick one. When you asked how me you were going to be asking me this, I was like, I wrote down one. And I was like, and also. Um, so first of all, just be patient. Like it takes time. Like And even when things really don't seem to be going well, like just bear with it. Like it, it will hopefully come. You know, there are times when, you know, we had one month where I was like, we don't make enough money next month. We've only really got enough money to last for another month. And that was more than our business. That was like paying the mortgage and everything. You know, it gets really hard, but it will come round. And it seems to often come round for people, even when it's tough. So just be patient because it just won't happen overnight. My other one is, this comes back to my training days, but to use the method of do, review, learn and apply. Like you're going to try lots of different things in business. And when you try them, make sure you reflect on them, you review them, both what went well and what didn't go well. Learn from that. Work out like, you know, what then you have to change or what you have to maintain and perhaps do more and apply it. So that do review, learn, apply. Like it was something that I used to do like with youth workers when I was training them and they were trying out new activities with young people and things would go well and things wouldn't go well but it works in business as well. Like whenever Chris and I like put something new out there or we run a challenge or whatever, we ask for feedback from people or we, if it's something that the two of us have done, we'll sit down together and chat about it. We review every month and see what worked well and what didn't well and what we were hoping to achieve and we haven't. And then we put in our goals for the next month. So um, yeah, that's one of my key things as well. I love that. So do review, learn and apply. <laughs> perfect thank you so much for sharing everything with us today where can the listeners find more of you online so we are ready city websites everywhere so you can find us at readycitywebsites.com you can find us on facebook as ready city websites and you can find us on instagram as ready city websites perfect if you do get a chance to have a look at any of the challenges that jude and chris run they are really really helpful i love the fact that i can get them in my inbox i really appreciate the fact that i don't have to go onto facebook to do the challenge i like having that option in email so keep an eye out sign up to their mailing list if you're looking for any advice or ways to improve your website so as always all of the links will be in the show notes so if you'd like to see more of jude and chris and their work or have a look at the templates and the unique way that they offer this website hosting and development and support go and have a look there all the details will be in the show notes and listeners if you are enjoying the podcast Can I please ask you to whisk on over to iTunes and drop a five-star review because it really does help the podcast to grow and it means that I can continue to bring you double episodes every week. So until next time, head over to our Instagram or Facebook community with the links in the show notes and we can continue these conversations in the Brat Lounge.